Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast, adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. This podcast is here to shake up the way you think about basically everything from health, beauty, entrepreneurship, and whether you're loving the newest trends. These ladies are here to prove that it's always better when salt and pepper come together. So here are your hosts, Lisa and Olivia. If you find that most of your time is spent consumed over what you ate or how you can burn off what you ate or what you should be eating. And you know, if, if all of that thought space is devoted to food or your body or how food relates to your body, then that's not healthy. Like that's not the way God designed us. We're not supposed to be obsessed with food in that way. And yeah, so generally there's something going on there in the eating disorder arena, but most of us just assume because we're women, that that's just part of being a woman. Hi, Shakers. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper podcast. My name's Olivia. And my name's Lisa. Ew. My voice is <laughs> so are awful you? today. Um, and on today's episode, we have on Heather Creekmore. And she's an author, podcaster. She's pretty much everything in the world. And it was great. Yeah, she was awesome. This... Um, episode is obviously more like christian based but i just felt like the flow you know when like people when they're we have guests felt that, like, like the flow? what you felt like the flow i felt the flow of the conversation yeah what does that mean like in the sense of you know when you're talking to people that just totally like vibe like you're the same way you think the same way yeah. so the conversation's really like this could go anywhere and i'm not gonna be like, I already know what we could talk about if this went literally anywhere because we are both, like, morally and ethically the same. You know yeah, what I mean? uh-huh. Um, there were so many times I'm like, we're still on this topic. You have to wait to change the topic because I'm, know. like, ready to go through, like, tributary tributaries and different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think when you... Like, because the biggest thing I hear about podcasting is like, how do you interview people? And I'm like, an hour goes by so fast. Oh, and most of the time. I mean, at least like good twos. episodes. Obviously, there are not people great. who are not good at interviews. <laughs> we learned um, that. But most of the time, we're like, ugh, it's so annoying. We only do this for an hour because we could have gone on for hours. But, you know, then you get into like, well, when we're on episode 400, we can have these people on again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's and great. Then it probably will be longer at that point. Because even like Brit's episode, they were both so oh, different, you gosh, know, and yeah. she's just the best. Um, But anyway, so what's your current obsession? Uh, what do I want to choose? Um, Smoothie bowls. Yeah from spin specifically here yeah. in medford mm-hmm. love they're I just them so the yummy i know i think i'm gonna get one after this yeah they're, they're so, good. so good they're the best yeah i'm not, I'm actually usually not crazy about smoothie bowls yeah i was gonna say because you're not like a fruit person no and you but you always call it a fruit bowl and so you'll be like do you want a fruit bowl i'm like heck no i don't really but like they just fruit. put a ton of fruit on the top so i mean it's it a is smoothie a bowl it's a smoothie underneath the whole it. smoothie is made of fruit and then there's fruit on the top that's literally the definition is a fruit bowl okay do you want a bowl of tomatoes or do you want tomato soup neither i don't like tomatoes okay but you know exactly <laughs> nice try <laughs> well it really is the same though it's not a tomato okay what if every soup. what if hang on here what if every bowl of tomatoes had a ton of chopped up tomatoes that rested on the top if someone said bowl of tomatoes that probably would make more sense then because you're not just getting a smoothie. You're getting like a ton of fruit when they hand it to um, you it's like overflowing yeah, it's, with actual like fruit a, but there's like but if you know what a fruit bowl is, a fruit bowl is like chopped up fruit. That's what culture has said. This is a fruit bowl. I'm if, still if calling it a fruit think, bowl. If you don't think a fruit bowl is like chopped up fruit that you eat from, it's it's like the fruit that like or it's the bowl that holds a bunch of fruit on your table. No, nope. that's a fruit bowl. Still a fruit bowl. <laughs> I digress. Um. My current obsession is the dress that Kendall Jenner wore to that wedding. If anybody wants to know, Google search Kendall Jenner wedding dress and you guys will see 
what she decided to wear. The pop apologist did like a whole reel on it because it literally was trending how absolutely appalling <gasps> this dress was. Wait, this is your current obsession? Yeah, because I think it's hilarious that our culture deems this appropriate. That she literally not only had her own approval, but she had Hailey Bieber's approval and her other friends and her family going, yeah, that's acceptable. She's not out at a club. First of all, I don't even think that dress is cute, nor should be worn out at a club, but to a friend's wedding. If someone wore that to my wedding, I'd be like, leave. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. You forgot to put clothing on. And you could even argue that Hailey Bieber's was just like, hello, stealing the show a little bit, people. Yeah, just a little bit. But like, I mean, I guess you could Whose wedding it. is this? I looked it up. It was someone I didn't know. Major faux pas. That's what Perez Hilton said. I agree. Yeah, because it is. It's so weird. Anyway, I just thought I would share that so everyone could Google it. Um, you know what's weird? If if I if I saw Kendall Jenner, I had no idea who she was, and she was just wearing a normal outfit. I'm like, that's the kind of girl you would think is like so innocent and went to Catholic school. That's yeah. the look of her. It is the look of her. Because she's but, the like, least how she done up out is. of all of them. Yeah. But it's the society they live in. They've all made it totally acceptable to acceptable. be whatever you want, to wear whatever you want, to <gasps> wear as little as what you want. What did the Papa Paul just say? Oh, gosh, I love the commentaries on everything. You have to watch it. I don't really remember. Okay, I just great. remember. I just kind of remember watching it. it. And there's like a green screen. And she's like talking about <laughs> it. And, you know, the whole thing. Probably Lauren. Um. Yes, it was her. Uh, anyway, oh, should we so get to it yeah. is the silver lining of the week? Come on down. I like how I started that. <laughs> <laughs> so baby's still sick. We took her to the mm, um, vet again today. Do they know what's wrong? So the last time we took her in, baby's my cat. Um they said she's stressed and I'm like oh my gosh I took my cat to the vet because she's stressed like that feels like the most American thing that I've ever done cats can Um, that really affects them and they change a house and stuff I know so um uh one of our mutual friends Kate she actually stayed at our house I don't know if you knew that and yeah she she stayed at our house and uh she she doesn't really like cats and she was giving her medicine and everything. I'm like, thank you. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> um, but uh, when we came home, I forgot to tell her, like, close every door in the house that mm. has, like, bedding or something. She had baby, not Kate, peed <laughs> Kate all peed over. Everywhere. <laughs> and that, that was the issue that we were having. So I don't know if it's because she doesn't like our litter box. We have, like, two very specific litter boxes mm-hmm. that are top. They go oh, through yeah. the top um so that there's less litter so I'm buying a new litter box I'm doing all these things um and Zav literally before I got here um Zav told me that it's just stress luckily yeah um, that's good and uh they took her in so like even it was supposed to be like an urgent care visit and they Mm -hmm. like add a hundred dollars on top of any test that they do but they didn't do that so that was really nice that we weren't like paying all this money for it um so she's just stressed and they suggest like give her a pheromone collar and get her things that just help i think i think she'll be fine and i guess she's four pounds overweight which is shocking because she's so tiny still she is tiny yeah but i think it was because she had lost so much weight when she was really sick a year ago Oh, right. And so I wonder if it's just one of those eating things. She's overcompensating. Yeah, I think so. What a high-maintenance little, disorder. little kitty you've got. <laughs> she really is so high-maintenance. Well, her name's Baby, so. When I pay this, set her up for that. this much attention and money, I mean, not even that much money. It was like a $45 visit. I'm like, oh my gosh, my dad would disown me if he found out what I mean, we do when Minnie was going through that stuff, it was like thousands. Oh, yeah. It's insane. I'm like, we have to pay to put her to sleep? So, cool. Ugh. Silver lining. She'll be better. Not yet, yeah, but she'll great. be fine. Yeah, Chelsea's cats are going through weird stress, too, and they're like peeing everywhere and doing that whole thing. Ugh. So, yeah, I think that just happens sometimes. Um, My silver lining obviously taylor swift's red album came out which we're doing an unpopular opinions next and i actually i'm gonna roast her a little bit so look (gasps) forward to that um it was amazing of course the day that this amazing album because 
Red is my favorite album. So I'd been waiting and waiting and waiting. And of course, it was on her biggest hater's birthday. So I had to strategically find a way to listen. Um, but that morning, I was able to go on a walk in Sun River and get Starbucks. And I listened to her whole album. And it was just the best. Um, we could go into so many critiques, but I won't because we'll talk about that later. I'll talk about that later to myself. Um, silver <laughs> not, not to all of you. <laughs> yeah. to well, not to you. Uh, silver lining is it was better than I hoped and she changed it up more than I hoped, but it was still just as much the same. So that's it. Not that you care. As you're typing, we are working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway... Okay, well, she's got nothing to say about Taylor Swift's album. <laughs> no, you said you were going to talk about it later. Uh, so I'll, I hope I'll that she does a song I with Drake to. one day, so you have to listen. Ew. She did one with Brandon Urie, so that's I pretty don't close. I know who that is. Fallout Boy. The fact okay, that, that I knew that. so not even close. I'm not saying that's close to Drake. I'm saying that's close to, like, your vibe of music when you were growing up. Didn't you like Fallout Boy? Well, growing up, yeah. Do you not I like Fallout n- Boy? No, I still do. Oh, but, okay. I mean, like, what is that? How does that equate to Drake? Just artists I mean? that you like. I'm not saying it's equate, equated oh, to, to Drake. Oh, to an artist that I like. Yes, yeah, yes totally. artists you like, which I actually don't like that song. Anyway, so on today's podcast, like you already said, we had Heather from the Compared to Who... I feel like I have to say it like that with a question mark. Compared to what Who? now? <laughs> um, podcast. You can find all of those links in the show notes below. Um, I mean, obviously, it's just great. She actually celebrated her 100,000th download. Dang, So girl. just recently. So congrats to her. Makes sense. The podcast is so good. It's really insightful. And I will say I've listened to a lot of Christian podcasts. And as time goes on, I slowly stop listening because it can get really like monotonous and like the same i'm like yes i get i get it be a christian woman you know Mm -hmm. but like she really goes like deep and she talks about like real world issues where i'm like dude you just said that i know um but she's so confident in what she's saying and i think she's just really wise so yeah she is yeah so you guys definitely listen to her podcast um and i think that's it so let's get into the show with heather creekmore and I, I appreciate the fact that you guys are going to be a little sassy because I can get a little sassy too. So um, oh, yeah. happy, happy to go there. Happy to go wherever. Okay. Great. Awesome. Um, okay. You ready? Yeah. Do you? Oh, no, you, you go. No, no, you, you please. Well, we are here with Heather Creekmore. Is that how we say your last name? That's right. Great. Yep. And would you actually like to introduce yourself to all of our audience? Yeah. So I am a... I don't even know what to start with anymore. I, I guess I'm a podcaster <laughs> uh, and I'm an author and I used to say I was a blogger and a speaker and all those things, but my main mission in life is to help women who are stuck in body image and comparison issues. And that is not what I ever thought I would be doing with my life. Uh, but I, uh, a couple years ago, wrote a book and that kind of led me down this path to helping women in these arenas. I'm a mom of four. I homeschool. I'm married to a pastor who used to be a woo, marine woo. fighter pilot. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. So how did all of that start then? How did you, I mean, you just said you never thought you would be talking about this. How did you think to write a book? And I know that your past blogs too hit on a lot of this stuff. So how, how did this all come about? Yeah. Well, I knew I wanted to write. I I knew that God had called me to write, but I had hoped I could write something fun and maybe funny, like about marriage, because marriage, at least in my situation, was funny. (laughs) And so I like to be humorous. I could write a really funny book on marriage and still help people. And and I sat down to write that book uh, several years ago and just could not get the words to come out. It was just a mumble jumble, like, ugh. And my husband was like, I don't understand why you're not writing about body image stuff. And I had started speaking a little bit about my body image issues. So just in a nutshell, like I started struggling with body image, probably third grade. Uh, By high school, I was trying not to eat. Uh, By college, I lost my period for nine months because my eating was so disordered, but I didn't have anorexia and I didn't have bulimia. And um, so this was the nineties. There wasn't really a category for other kinds of eating disorders, but I was obsessed with, with food and exercise 
exercise and trying to burn off every calorie I ate. And if there was a new diet, I knew about it and had probably already been on it for two days by the time anyone else did. Um, so like that was just my life. And I thought that that was just a normal part of being a woman. And so I'd already kind of started speaking on those issues um, in our church and at a local mops group. And my husband was like, why aren't you writing about this? And I was like, because I don't want to tell anyone all this embarrassing junk that has been going on in my head about how I feel about my body and how I compare my body to other people's bodies. And so anyway, finally, when I surrendered um, to the Lord, he was like, yeah, body image, that's what you need to write on. And the book just kind of like fell out of me <laughs> after like, just, I don't know, I just kind of sat down and started typing for two months straight and it came right out. And, um, and that was, that was kind of the start of sharing my story and then having women say, oh my goodness, I thought I was the only one who thought this way. I thought I was the only one who struggled with this. Like, wow, you said that really creepy, embarrassing thing that I do with candy wrappers in the trash can. And I thought I was the only person who did that. And, and so just through sharing my story, I found um, really the ability to connect with women who are struggling in this way all over the world. And it's um, God's, God's used it. So it's, it's been cool. It's wild um, because I had an eating disorder and I didn't even know. I didn't even know it was an eating mm. disorder because everyone's like, oh, eating disorders are anorexia, bulimia, or binging. Like those right. are the three things. And if it's not that, then so when you're like, like kind of restricting or like overdoing exercising or whatever it is. Right. It's really hard to categorize it. And so um, it was wild because it wasn't until someone else told me, like, I I have an eating disorder. I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy. What What is that like? And it was so – it was exactly everything that, like, was going on in my brain. And one thing that you just said um, really struck a chord, which was um, – Oh my gosh, of course I forgot it. Um, it was It really struck that chord. Everyone <laughs> it struck it so hard that I that forgot. forgot. Uh, it just went Was it right just that it's normal? Me. No, that it was that, a normal that, girl thing? Yeah, well, that uh so many people go through it. Yeah. And um so I didn't even know I had an eating disorder and then so many other women had that same type type of eating disorder. So it's wild. Yeah. I mean, there's this whole category called EDNOS, right. eating disorder, not otherwise specified. Mm -hmm. But I, I'd just say in general, if you find that most of your time is spent consumed over what you ate or how you can burn off what you ate or what you should be eating. And, you know, if, if all of that thought space is devoted to food or your body or how food relates to your body, then that's not healthy. Like that's not right. the way God designed us. We're not supposed to be obsessed with food in that way. And yeah, so generally there's something going on there in the eating disorder arena, but most of us just assume because we're women that that's just part of being a woman. Like you just have to obsess over those things because otherwise your body will get out of control. And, you know, and then, I mean, and then we Christianize it, which just drives me crazy. Like then you won't be a good temple of the Holy spirit. And oh, then you gosh. aren't being a good steward of your body. And all of those things that we just use way out of context mm -hmm. to kind of force women into having disordered eating and an unhealthy relationship with food and their body, because they feel this extra pressure to be hot for Jesus. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's a thing for a lot of women and a lot of Christian women. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting because I think we we put a lot of this on social media, which I'm not saying that it's it's not like it's helpful, but I was homeschooled all the way through, just like you. I'm a purebred, just like your kids. And I so I didn't go to school. And then I didn't even grow up with social media, but I grew up comparing myself like just inherently. And it wasn't a lot about my body. It was more just like beauty in general, like my face, whatever you would say that is. But <laughs> it's it really is ingrained, not in everyone, but I, it was from when I was really, really young that I started thinking right. that way. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, homeschool kids aren't exempt. And then the truth is we pick it up from our families 
and we can pick it up at church too. Like I'm a pastor's wife now, like I said, and I remember looking at the pastor's wives as a kid and thinking like, oh, pastor's wives have to be really beautiful. And pastor's wives have to, you know, play the piano and they have to dress really nice and all these things. And I'm like, I don't play the piano. So I guess I'm just going to have to be really hot and, you know, dress really nice because those <laughs> are the only two I got. Right. Like, and that's what, like when we first entered ministry, I was like, okay, that's what it means to be a pastor's wife. Mm. And it's just, it's so distorted, right? That's not actually what it means, but we just subtly pick up those signals from people around us as to how we should be or how we should look or what our face should look like or what our body should look like or what we should be wearing. And, um, and yeah, it kind of distracts us from, I think what Jesus really wants us to be growing into, which is someone who looks more like him. Mm. Yeah. Cause I mean, a lot of times we lead with that physical compliment, which I love that. Like, I don't think, I think some people are saying we should just retire that completely. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I think you can do it in the right way. But when that's the only thing you're mm-hmm. saying, because when mm-hmm. I was breaking it down for me, that's like what any adult would say. That's what any person would say right when they saw me. Mm-hmm. So then if that was how it was being led, it's like, well, then if I don't look that way or somehow I gain weight or I look different, then I'm not going to be the person that they somehow like, which isn't mm-hmm. correct. But that's right. like how the process started from like a super young age. Right. Well, if you think about it, when you're complimenting someone, a lot of times you're not just complimenting them on what they see, what you see physically, right? Like I like to use the example of Miley Cyrus. Okay. Like there's probably a better modern day example I could use, (laughs) but like Miley was a really pretty girl, Mm -hmm. right? She's still a beautiful woman, but she's done a lot of disgusting things, right? That just kind of make her blah. So if I were to see Miley, even if she looked really great, I'd probably be hard pressed to be like, wow, you're so beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. Because what's on the inside kind of comes out, even though she's got the bone structure and she's got the shape and the size and all those things that culture tell us is beautiful, the heart does come out and you're kind of like, yeah, not so, probably not going to give her that compliment. But if you meet a, you know, a Christian sister who, you know, has a beautiful heart and she looks nice that day to compliment her as beautiful is really more of a statement of, yeah, I see your outside looks good, but I see your heart coming through too. And that's, what's really beautiful about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. My boyfriend always says that he always goes like, I don't know if someone's pretty or attractive or whatever until I know them. And so even Mm -hmm. if he sees a photo, he's never like, oh, yeah, she's pretty. He's like, I don't know her, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's like a really that's that is the narrative we should be changing because I mean, that always happens like you could see somebody and then they become more and more beautiful to you because you get to know them and you get to know like their integrity. Right. And well, and ultimately what's happening for, for most of us that struggle with this issue is we're objectifying ourselves, right? Like we get angry if people objectify women, you know, oh, don't objectify, don't just judge them by what they look like, or don't like put them on a billboard because they're hot. But that's kind of what we're doing with ourselves when we're frustrated with how we look and consumed there. It's like, we're just seeing ourselves as one dimensional. I know a lot of women I work with, we have, they have a problem with pictures, right? Like most of us have a problem with pictures, right? Like so you can like, look the, you can have the exact same makeup, the exact same outfit, and you can take a picture from one angle. And it's like, Ooh, that's a good one. And then another angle, same day, slightly different lighting. And it's like, Oh, that's awful. I'm a hideous monster. Right. And so like, it's so subjective, but then, you know, your friend is going to post on Facebook or Instagram or wherever they're going to post the hideous one, right? Because maybe they look good in the picture if they're in it with you, right? And so, so then you've got this whole big deal about like, oh, I hate how I look in pictures. And I, I talked to a lot of women about this, but the, where we get stuck is we're looking at ourselves as one dimensional. When we look in a, at ourselves in a picture, we're just seeing our outside and missing our heart. So it's awesome that your boyfriend does that. That's, that's a good guy. I, <laughs> I know. Yeah, he is. Um, so what, what have you, I mean, I don't think that there's like a formula, but what has helped you like through eating disorders? And I think like comparison is like one of the greatest thieves of our generation. Mm-hmm. And that's Absolutely. the root of so many um, evil things. I mean, I can think of high school and everything was comparison based. I can think of college. Everything's comparison based. And only now am I in a time of my life where I like I don't feel like I need to wear makeup if I go outside or even during this interview I was like so close to not even putting my makeup on but I'm like ugh, I should look presentable I'll just do it (laughs) um but I don't even know um I know that that's not every facet in my life but I feel like 
I, I can't even put a finger on like what's helped me. So I'm curious mm-hmm. what it was that yeah. helped you. So I have a really clear, boom, dramatic answer if you're ready for it. Yeah. Okay. So I, so I grew up in church. I wasn't homeschooled, but I, I was in church, you know, my whole life went to Christian school, went to Christian college, went to Christian graduate school. And so I knew Psalm 139, 14, I knew I was fearfully, wonderfully made. I knew first Samuel, God looks on the heart. Like I knew all the quote unquote God and Jesus answers. Okay. I I'm like, got it. But I really thought that my ED, my eating disorder stuff and my body image stuff was kind of separate from all of that because I knew all of the Bible's answers on that front, right? Like I knew that I didn't necessarily have to be hot for Jesus, but I kind of still felt like I needed to be hot in order to survive in this world. Mm. And so that that was kind of a good like side pursuit, like, you know, okay, yeah, I'll do what you want me to do, God. And I'm also going to make sure that I look really good when I do it, because that'll just give me more impact for your kingdom, right? Because people want to hear someone who looks good, right? And so, you know, know, like it kind of sounds stupid, but it's so true because you think of anyone who wants to get in Hollywood or even in the podcast space, honestly, I'm like, I should probably put makeup on because we put this on social and that'll probably get better, um, better, views and stuff views yeah whatever (laughs) listens likes you know because you're more presentable and people are naturally attracted to that so it sounds crazy but it's actually not yeah absolutely and so I mean I think I had kind of convinced myself that the bible and god didn't really have anything else for me on this issue um that that I had spiritually solved it as much as I could but about 10 years ago my husband was listening to a sermon by a pastor named Tim Keller I don't know if you're Ooh, familiar with him yeah. or not mm-hmm. and um and so it was just kind of playing in our house because this was before like airpods and stuff and so he wanted to do some stuff and so it was just playing through our house and I was working in the kitchen and I heard Tim Keller talk about idols and how idols could be anything in our lives, even good things that we make into ultimate things or things that we expected to save us. And right then and there, not audibly, of course, but I really felt like the Holy Spirit was saying like, okay, that's your problem, Heather. Mm -hmm. That's your problem with your body image. And so I started to just kind of dig into this whole topic of of modern day idolatry. So race in the church, like I said, but I knew I didn't have an idol problem because we didn't have any statues in our house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we didn't have a garden gnome just in case it was an idol. Like, like we were that serious about idols growing up, but had no idea what idols really were. And so as I started researching more about modern day idolatry, what I realized was I really did have an idolatry problem. Um, I really believed and I couldn't have like broken this down for you at the time, but I really believed that if I could just get a better body and better being like so subjective, of course, right? Because, you know, I think that's the problem with idolatry. It kind of like dangles that like, you know, <laughs> that, that dollar bill on a stick and waves it in front of us. Like, okay, you're almost there. You're mm-hmm. getting close. So like I work with people, you can lose the weight, but then, okay, well, you need to do a little bit more. You need to firm up. Now you need to get toned. Oh, it's a shame. Your chest is still so small. You should go get surgery. Oh, it's a shame. Your nose is still so big. You should get that fixed too. Oh, it's a shame. Your skin's not clear. You should really do something about that. Like, it's just what, like you never reach better is, is the point I'm making. And so but I had really believed that there was a point where I could reach better. And that when I reached better, then my whole life would change, right? I believe that when I got that look that I thought I needed, then I would be able to have joy and happiness and and really rest, right? Because rest, I think, is is more lucrative than most of us acknowledge, right? Because we kind of just want to get to the place where we can just be. And I thought I would be able to get to the place where I could just, ah, I just am now. Oh, now I'm good. Once I got that body, I thought I needed. And, and so what God revealed to me was that, no, 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 Heather, this is an idol, right? You're it's, that's a false kind of salvation, right? Cause who gives us that satisfaction, that rest, that joy, that peace only Jesus gives it to us. And so I had really fallen for this lie of culture, this beauty idol, this body image idol hook, line and sinker, because I thought when I got the body, then I would be free. And Jesus is over there saying, no, Heather, I've already made you free. <laughs> Getting that body isn't going to make you any freer. In fact, it's a trap. You're following something that's never going to satisfy. And so that was really life-changing for me. It was something I had never heard taught in the church. And that's really what my first book is about because it 
changed my life. Like I had read every body image book there was in all the Christian body image books. I had read them, even the secular ones, because I was just so desperate for someone to help me fix this. Um, and I really thought I was going to fix it by fixing my body. And what God showed me was, no, it's a problem in my heart. And, and that transformed everything for me. So that's, that's the snippet we're going to use. That's for sure. Um, the, the wildest, the, there, that section where you kept on building the, the little bit and the little bit, I'm like, that is the best description I've heard the enemy use Mm -hmm. people and culture because I can think of real housewives and and not like all of these women in my life who are like they do this one thing then they feel better for a little bit it helped but then there's this other thing that they have to fix and it's and it's exactly I love that you've figured out that it's the lie it's it's not the Lord that it's the lie of like well you get this thing you'll feel way better oh, well, you have this thing. Well, there's just like a little bit more that you have to do to achieve this. And God never says that. Jesus never says that. Jesus says, I'm enough. I'm always enough. Like you, like what you need is one thing that I'm learning is like rest. Like what you need is you need to spend time with me. You need to know me better so that you can know yourself better and know your worth. Because what I realized was like, I did not understand my worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it wasn't truly until like, I mean, I don't think it's because I'm married, but when I was married, my husband really helped me through like the really just divisive lies that mm-hmm. he, I would, I would say I'm like getting ready and I'm like, I hate myself. I, I'm so gross. Like, how could you be with me? Like, I'm, I'm such a awful person. <laughs> I don't know. Like having... And in the fact that I like couldn't be confident in myself, like added on to like already feeling bad about myself. And I'm like, now I'm a burden to you. And it's just this like long uh, spiral spiral. And thank you. (laughs) I'm really bad with words. (laughs) Um, So it's it really does come down to being content. It's Mm -hmm. so hard to be content. Well, so what I would say and I just I just want to make sure that I. I I love that your husband did that for you, but I'll say my story is kind of the opposite. I got married thinking that getting married was going to fix it and it miserably failed. Mm. So I would just encourage anyone listening that is single to just know that hopefully you'll get a great husband like yours, Lisa, and and that'll help. But if it hasn't worked that way, like that usually doesn't happen. Yeah. No, No, it's, it's more, it's more normal to go into marriage and be like, oh shoot, this was supposed to fix everything because really like, you know, you think, okay, a man approved of me. That's really what I've been working for is to have a man approve of me enough that he put a ring on it. And okay, now I am special at least to one person. But what happened when I got married was I was special to that one person, but then all of a sudden I found myself in this competition, like this secret competition in my head that no one knew about with every woman everywhere Mm. on the planet and on television and on billboards. And so then it was like, Oh no, he chose me, but that woman on TV is really hot. What if he sees her and thinks that she's better than me and doesn't like me anymore? You know, I mean, that's pretty basic (laughs) the way I'm retelling it, but that's really kind of the way that my mind was, was working at the time. So, um, it is, it's, it's a battle and it is a battle that we have to confront. And I think if you can confront it before you're married, Oh, so much better. But if you can, you know, if you're already married, then (laughs) There's no time like the present to, to jump in, but you asked me a question and it's totally gone, (laughs) but do you remember what that was? No, no. Yeah. Okay. So we're good. (laughs) It'll come back. I was going to say that that really reminds me of, um, when I was working at a coffee shop for a really long time and I ended up just like quitting on a whim, just like, because I decided to, and I remember being like, I'm going to be happy. Like when I am not here working for the man, like I'm going to be happy. And I just remember like coming home and just thinking like, all right, like when is it going to kick in? Like when is that happiness going to be there? And then like a week went by and I'm like, all right, you know, and it was just really difficult because then like life really settled in like, holy cow, like I need to 
you know, pave my own way now and pay my own bills. And then Mm -hmm. I just remember all these steps I would take. Like I booked my first job. Well, that was great. But like the happiness will come when I have this much money in my Mm -hmm. bank account and then the happiness will, you know, and it's like all of these things that had to happen. And then I was like, you know, it's, it's really not going to happen. And that when I was listening to your podcast about idolatry, like that is something I feel like the Lord constantly checks in me is I want to have a successful business and be an entrepreneur, but do I put that above God? And there are days that I do because it's so difficult to be like, go, 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 you know? Um, But like from your perspective, then like advice for people, I mean, yeah, that are like working really hard and they need to work really hard to pursue their passions. But sometimes that gets in the way of like their relationship with the Lord. Yeah. So, you know, this, and this relates to body image. It relates to work success. It relates to just like comparison in general. Like if you feel like, you know, your neighbors have a better decorated house than you or a better marriage or a better boyfriend or any of those things. Right. I think what it comes down to is how are you defining success? Right. And, you know, and I, it sounds a little cliche to be like, do I define success God's way or by the way of the world? Like that's a little cliche, but let me, let me put it in a different way. Okay. Here is what happens for me and for most of the women I know. There are a list of things that I expect of myself. And I try to meet those lists of my own expectations every day. So I have these lists of expectations, like what a wife does, what a mom does. And let me even take that one step further. It's what an ideal wife does, what an ideal mom does, what an ideal mom looks like, what an ideal mom's home looks like, what an ideal, you know, uh, blogger, author, podcaster, what her Instagram looks like, how many followers she has. Like I've got all of these expectations for myself and my own life. And if I'm trying to live to meet all of my own expectations, who am I living for? I'm living for me. And so here's just another way that I think about it is like, I kind of have the book of Heather, okay? It's Heather's expectations, what Heather, you know, needs to do, what Heather should do. And that drives me every day. And I have to picture Jesus standing off to the side, looking and being like, oh, Heather, Like I already wrote a book of what I expect of you. It's really not that hard. I don't have specific expectations for what you feed your kids for lunch or what you should weigh. Like you're making it way more complicated Mm -hmm. than I have. And every morning we have a choice, right? We can wake up and we can be like, I'm going to live by the book of Heather today. And I'm going to try to be successful as Heather should be successful. And it's a little weird to talk about myself in the third person, but I'm trying, trying to make it so you can like just insert your name here. Right. <laughs> but like you can live by your own, by your own rules, by your own definitions. And, mm-hmm. and in some ways that's what culture is telling us to do, right? Like make your own truth, oh. right? Like decide what's true for you and pursue that truth. But that's just a dead end street, right? Because I will never be able to make myself happy enough to make myself content enough. Like I'll never be satisfied, even checking off all my own boxes. Mm -hmm. Really what is most satisfying is when I'm able to rest, like we talked about and live for the Lord and just do what he's asked me to do and take the pressure off of having to have a HGTV home and a, you know, certain number of followers and a certain degree of success and just be like, you know what, God, you have created me on purpose and for a purpose. And I can just trust you. Like you're going to lead me and guide me to the places you want me to go. And whether or not that means I have five followers or 5 million followers, I can trust you. If I'm just being obedient to you, I know that it's enough. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Um, like my, my biggest thing is after having kids, keeping that expectation of the home. Mm-hmm. And that's because I compare myself like to my mom or um, mm-hmm. like other girls from my culture. And I'm like, well, they probably still have really clean homes and their baby's five days old. <laughs> and it's this stupid <laughs> thing. <laughs> like, it's so dumb. Like, of course, like my cousins and my aunts aren't going to have this expectation of coming to see the baby and my house is like perfectly clean and there's not toys anywhere of course Mm -hmm. like that's not what my mom's thinking it's like what I'm putting 
I'm projecting like that's that's absolutely not like what other people are thinking and that's not what they care about and what I have learned at least in other areas because I still like put that pressure on myself like I'm afraid of like having a newborn again because I leave that expectation on myself but like in other areas of my life I, I don't I just don't think about what other people are thinking about me and then I there's like just no projection anymore there's and then if other people might say something passive or snarky I'm like that's your problem not mine yeah. like and and so it's crazy because I talk about like my husband's so supportive and like um you know figuring out who I am and uh letting letting me be who I am but I have actually a really hard time letting my husband be who he is he's mm. um so uh how do I explain him he's just his name is Zav Zav is Zav there is no other Zav in this world <laughs> Um, and he takes pride in that. And there's a part of him that loves like loves pushing people um, and making them uncomfortable. And I think like that's part of why like I, I want to change parts of him because I'm like, mm-hmm. you're just trying to like irk people and annoy them. Um, but I have to be like, you know, why do I? He's actually a pastor, too. So I'm also a pastor's wife. Um, I'm like, why do I care about what other people mm might think of my husband because I'm projecting I'm projecting what they might think and I mean we're hanging out with like other pastors and I'm like wow they actually like look really put together and nice that that (laughs) must be nice for the wives like they kind of care about what they're wearing that must be nice for them and I have to tell him like I'm sorry you've had that band tee for 20 years can you throw that away (laughs) um and I have to remind myself I'm like you know what I have what I have accepted Jesus barefoot or um dirty having walked for miles into my home and I have to remember like Jesus doesn't have that expectation of my husband I put that on him so it's it's kind of crazy because like yeah I don't do that for myself because my husband helped me but I'm still putting (laughs) that on my own husband who helped me and he gives me so much grace in that Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I vividly remember, we've probably only been married like four months and we were going to some Marine Corps function and my husband must have picked out like the rattiest t-shirt in his drawer. And I was like, you ser- like seriously, I've been thinking about what I was going to wear to this for three weeks and you pick out the rattiest t-shirt in your drawer and you're going to wear it. But I think like kind of to what you were saying earlier, those areas in our lives where we tend to obsess the most, right? Like those, you know, like you said, like some things they can not say something snarky on and you're like, whatever, that doesn't bother me. But there's some areas where it's like, no, this is really important. I think those areas, those are our ideals, right? But I think what often happens, the word ideals is kind of a comfortable word, but really what's often below those ideals are some sort of idols. Our ideals reveal our idols. So what is it that in that ideal you think will save you? And that's the weird way to say it, but like make life better. And so I don't know, for me, Lisa, that was my husband's appearance was still pretty tied to what, um, how much I was concerned about what other people thought of me, right? Because I was like, that's exactly what it is. You're going to think poorly of me because my husband is wearing like this hideous shirt. Right. And, and so, so learning to like, okay, wait a second here. I can kind of remember that, you know, I don't really, we can never control what other people think of us. Right. Like that's part of this whole body image struggle is we think we're controlling what other people think of us by looking a certain way, but we can never control mm-hmm. what other people mm-hmm. think of us. And so really releasing that idol of control, um, and, and just, you know, letting him be and letting ourselves be it's, it's hard though. I mean, it's, it's a process. It's not a flip a switch mm-hmm. kind of, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even in addition to that, I mean, it all is about what people think because I even mm-hmm. find myself, and I I just did this recently where it's like somebody will compliment like some of my work or be like oh you're successful because of this and I'll be like yeah but I still drive a crappy car like I'll like counteract that like that video was Mm -hmm. so good I'm like yeah but Arturo my boyfriend like his is better and it's like it's always Mm -hmm. trying to not one up but like one down people Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. be like no no my life isn't what you think because I'm embarrassed of it and Mm -hmm. 
also even as you were saying that like when we put these expectations on ourselves I mean I do this I put expectation on other people then too and -hmm. that's really messed up like if I look and I go I want my body to be this way then naturally maybe I'm going to look at somebody else and be like well maybe their body should be that way too and that is just like a gateway for so many negative things and things I mean that should not even be something that we think about but it's so easy to do that Oh, you are so right. I'm actually having a conversation with a number of people right now on that very issue. Just like, what does it look like to stop having that? Really, it's it's a prejudice. I mean, right? Like we have a, a natural prejudice towards people who look more like us. And I'm not even saying racially, mm-hmm. I'm just saying body size, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And so what does it look like biblically to love each other and not show favoritism, right? Like how can we, how can we truly do what God commands us and love each other as we love ourselves already and, and, and embrace people of all different shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I have a really hard time looking at friend groups that like look perfect. Cause I'm Mm -hmm. like, are you guys really friends? You can't (laughs) tell me you're really friends. Like you're all friends because you literally look like the same person. Um, And so it bothers me because I'm like, are you really, which that's obviously me judging, but like I would never think like, oh, I'm going to be her friend because she looks like she has a cool car Mm -hmm. or like. I really like how she does her hair every single day. Like that's not (laughs) ever something I don't want to be friends with people who are exactly like me. Like Mm -hmm. not only would I be a narcissist, but I'm like, I want to work on myself. And I think the only way to get better is to like be sharpened by actual Mm -hmm. women, which obviously pretty girls can be friends with pretty girls. That's not what I'm saying. Um, But, okay, so you were talking about, like, controlling um, other people's thoughts about you and um, just, like, on the wavelength of pastors' wives. I think that this is something that I can have a really hard time with um, because I I, I thought um, being a pastor's wife and um, <laughs> I thought that we're supposed to be, like, quiet, gentle spirits and we talk like this and we only say really um encouraging perfect things to each other and to other people like come here so I can bless you and um, (laughs) pray over you and I'm better than you by the way um (laughs) just a little holier (laughs) just a little bit and I had a really hard time because when um my husband started our church I had a really hard time because I'm like Oh, people are going to get so confused when they meet me and find out I'm the pastor's wife because I'm I'm not going to be anything that they expect. And so I'm like, how do you be you? Because mm-hmm. you seem not in a because it, it can sound like a bad thing outspoken, like you just seem mm-hmm. so genuinely yourself and unashamed of it. Woo, it's not, it's not something that happened overnight. I mean, when we first, so did you plant a church? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we planted two and we first planted, I mean, oh my word. I went through like 25 outfits <laughs> every Sunday morning. And I, you know, like my kids were really little. I had four kids in just over four years. So I probably, when we planted, I just had a baby. So I had a baby, a one-year-old, a three-year-old and a four-year-old. Wow. And I was like trying to make sure that they looked perfect too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then doing the coaching to make sure they would behave perfectly in the nursery and, you know, like all of these like pressures, you know, we have to be perfect and show everyone how perfect we are. And no one had said that to me. Right. But it was just this expectation I put on myself. And so it's really, Really just been a process of kind of letting go. So I, one really tangible example, um, we planted a church, so we didn't have a building. And so a lot of meetings happened at my house. And sometimes they happened at my house at seven o'clock. And my husband mentioned them at six 30 while we were doing the dishes. He's oh. like, you know, everyone's coming over. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> ah, house has to be perfect. And I go into like crazy cleaning woman mode. Right. Because my house has to be perfect. People from the church are coming. They need to think that I'm the perfect house wife and all this stuff. And, um, and what gradually happened over the years was I, God was working on like, really just how much my house, like the 
keeping my house a certain way was connected to keeping my body a certain way and what people thought of me. And so God started working on me with letting my house go a little bit, just like letting people come over when there was still a laundry basket out, or there were still some dishes in the sink, or maybe like the counter wasn't perfectly cleaned off. Like I'm not saying gross, right? Cause there's a line, but you know, <laughs> but, but you know, God started working on me with like, you know, okay, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to look like no one lives there. And what he started showing me was people would come over and my house wasn't perfect. And they'd be like, oh, I'm so relieved to see your house isn't perfect. Ah, and they could exhale and then we could relate to each other, right? And then they didn't feel like I was on another level and that, you know, I was better than them. And then they were free to talk to me. And so, um, and so I kind of think the same thing with every other aspect of me as I kind of was learning that, okay, it's going to be okay to show up authentically, um, that God showed me that, um, yeah, that it was, it was okay. Now that's not to say it's easy. And I mean, we had a really rough patch in ministry where, uh, some people didn't like me and that actually put a big, uh, issue in our church. Mm. <laughs> and so like things kind of can spiral out of control sometimes for just showing up and being you, but that's kind of what I was saying earlier. It's just like, you can't control what people think of you. And as much as you want to, there can still you know, I'm like, I never did anything mean to you. Why are you being mean to me? Yeah. But they, get, they still get to decide whether they like you or not. And you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. How, so it's hard. how did you deal? I mean, I can't imagine you, like emotionally and mentally, but how did you deal with that? Even like in the church, did your husband have to step in or people need to be talked yeah, to? Yeah, well, they, it was really, they made it about him. We, we really, we had a, a woman who decided she knew more than he did. And, and it just kind of became this messy situation. I won't go into the details of, but, um, but I, I thought that I could handle it just by being honest with people and like going and telling my side of the story and those kinds of things, mm -hmm. you know, that I could be a mediator, that if they understood my side of the story, that they would see the big picture clearly. And it just didn't work that way. And we were dealing with a narcissist and I had no experience, really no like understanding. I'd never studied narcissism before. And so I didn't know what gaslighting was. And I didn't really see like all the different ways that she had set things up for, um, for people to believe her and mm -hmm. had been kind of over the years chipping away at, you know, at whether or not, you know, I really liked the people in the church and different weird things like that. So, so it really short, wasn't you. It sucked. No, yeah. no, it, it really, it sucked. It was really hard. And, um, and it was just, uh, God saying to me, okay, Heather, can you really live without the approval of others? Because in a lot of ways, wow. the approval of others is like oxygen, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you grow up wanting people to approve of you, that's how you breathe. And when people don't approve of you, it's like someone put a plastic bag over your head. Yeah. And so it was really hard to breathe for a number of months and just kind of growing to be more comfortable with like, okay, God, can I really believe that just like Jesus, who was despised and rejected and didn't have the approval of everyone that I will be okay if I don't have the approval of everyone. Mm -hmm. And it was a good lesson to learn. Yeah, I mean, that can be said for so many aspects of life. I mean, I freaking had to learn my whole 20s that I'm not everyone's cup of tea. And I don't even like tea. So I guess that makes sense. <laughs> but you know, that's even something we're currently learning, like with this podcast, like, we're gonna say things or do things that maybe bigger people in the industry aren't going to understand. And we have to decide if we want to like stick to what we believe in, or like, honestly, fall to like, the belief of others and even talking about like your truth and like that type of movement is something I'm super against because mm -hmm. you can do anything you could literally murder somebody and say that was your right. truth to do that right. and I'm not saying everyone uses it to that extreme but it's so dangerous to use language like that um and so yeah I mean you really just can't you can't focus on what other people think about you or you're not even yourself and you're not unique anymore you're just no. like everyone else um, the last thing I want to talk to you about is I would uh, love for you to talk about the H and H test that you've talked oh, yeah. about, um, yeah. because that was like what you were saying about that was so impactful for me because I started to think about all of the ways I don't do that. So I would love for you to like dive into yeah. that. Yeah. So when I used to do a lot of speaking before COVID, I would always ask these groups of women if they would buy their husbands or boyfriends porn for Christmas or his birthday, you know, just as a gift. And, you know, and these are Christian 
Christian women, like church groups. So they're all a little like, oh, goodness gracious. No, you know, like, oh, my word. How did you say that from the stage? You know, like, like, oh, no. And, um, and I'm like, well, of course you wouldn't. Right. Because, and this is my two H's because it wouldn't be healthy right? Because there's all kinds of data on porn. I don't really need to go there today, but like, you look it up. It's not good for you. Okay. And it wouldn't be holy. God's design is not porn, right? It's not God's design for sexual intimacy. It's not God's design for our relationships. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's not holy, right? So it's neither healthy nor holy. And so then I kind of turn the tables on them a little bit and I say, okay, well, if you are watching the bachelor, for example, and this is when I have people give me really mean looks because <laughs> bachelor nation is a serious thing. Um, like, are, are you following the same rules that you put on him? Right? Like, like, is that healthy for you? And is it holy for you? Right? Because if you watch a bunch of 20 somethings in bikinis and walk away from that feeling bad about yourself, right? Feeling like you don't look right. And then really like we cannot underestimate what diet culture and the disordered eating culture has done to our girls and, and our women, right? Like eating disorders claim more lives than any other mental, mental disruption, right? Like, like eating disorders are a real thing, right? So, and, and, and really just even beyond like the, the extreme of, of an eating disorder taking a life, whoo, how many women do you know that are consumed with changing how they look, right? So even if it doesn't like physically take their life, it takes away their purpose, right? Because instead of like, what does God have for me to do? Their purpose becomes, how do I lose 20 pounds to look like that girl on The Bachelor, right? So it's not healthy. And I dare say it's not holy, right? Because a lot of these shows that we watch, myself included, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is a really good show. I probably shouldn't be watching the show. <laughs> it's showing us things that are not necessarily lined up with God's word and how relationships are supposed to be and how marriage is supposed to be and, and all of those things. And, and I would really say that anything that you are consuming with your eyes that is telling you things that are contrary to what God says is true about you could be categorized as unholy, right? And then if for those of us that are married, I mean, I don't know a single married woman that walks away from watching a scene, a, a sex scene in a movie, a scene with nudity in a movie, or even The Bachelor walks away from it like, yeah, now I feel hot and I'm ready to get it on with my husband. No, that's not the way it works for most women. Although he might be ready for most women. It's, oh, now I feel fat and gross and I can't do this. I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. Right. And the culture is telling us the opposite, right? Culture is telling us that you watch that steamy scene and both of you want to hop into bed, but that's not the way it works for women. On our brains, we are so caught up with comparing ourselves to her and thinking, oh no, he's going to think I should look like her. And he's not going to, you know, want to be with me once he sees like this part of my flab on the back of my thigh and all these things. And so, yeah, so that's my two H's. Is it healthy or is it holy? There's a verse in Psalms. Um, oh, I think it's 145, 17, but I could be, I could be wrong. Um, I have to look that up. <laughs> I used to have it memorized, but it says, turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life in your ways. And, and that is just, to me, that's a verse that I go to a lot of times because I think of the truth that so much of what I digest with my eyes is not giving me life. It's killing me, right? Like I could be having a great day and start scrolling social media and see a picture of someone that looks really good. And all of a sudden my day is destroyed because I feel like I look fat. I don't look good enough. I, you know, what diet should I start today? I should have worked out more yesterday. And I can just go through the whole spiral of I'm a hideous ogre and it's not healthy thoughts. They're not holy thoughts. It's ruined my whole day. And why? because of a stupid Instagram picture. Mm -hmm. So like now I'm kind of, I am the ruthless unfollower. Like yeah. pfft, you made me feel like, I, eh, okay, I don't need to follow you anymore. Sorry, unfollow. Um, because for my mental health, for my holiness and my healthiness, it's better that way. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I think it's easy to pretend like that stuff doesn't affect you too. Like, no, I'm above that. Like, I'm above mm. reproach because I can just watch it in, for entertainment. Mm. And I mean, I even remember one time my boyfriend was like, I can tell when you start watching more Real Housewives, you mm. know? And I'm like, no, you can't, <laughs> you know? And, <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, I think you can say drama doesn't affect you and that type of stuff. But the more you're consuming the reactions of people or how people are in a situation, the more you can justify it for your own life, you you know but right. ugh, it's hard to give up that reality tv though <laughs> i think it was absolutely uh when you were on um confessions of a crappy christian with blake uh-huh. it was either you or blake that um said you don't even watch romantic movies Hallmark movies. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. wow, that's actually really good because that's the thing that would get me. Like, well, my husband doesn't do that. Like, yeah. my husband's not totally. romantic. My husband can't do that. He he hasn't pursued me he can't today. He can fly a helicopter. He can't fly a helicopter. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. He didn't rent a fire truck and climb to the top of it and proclaim his love for me. Like, yeah, he's not what's a fireman, with him? but that aside, I'm call like, him right why now. Why did he do that? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's a really good point. And I think I've like, naturally I I do naturally more stray from things that don't make me feel good like I, I just stopped going on social media like it's easy for me it's really not addicting I can actually notice when I'm going to social media because like I'm bored or mm-hmm. I feel like I need something and I stop myself yeah. I'm like don't do that because it's really not going to help you. you're going to feel so much worse um and so I, I love I love that you are um like opening up my eyes to even like the really subtle things because I mean again it's it's the enemy that's just trying to tell us like it's the little lie so whatever Lisa whatever Lisa can believe like okay she won't believe she won't think of the big stuff like she won't watch porn um but I can't get her to watch like whatever thing I can't even think of anything that I do watch that (laughs) could could get me there but maybe I should Yeah, it's the little foxes that get in the garden, right? I mean, that's that's how Song of Solomon puts it. But it's the little things, right? Satan masquerades as an angel of light. He's not going to come to you and be like, here's this big, dark, heavy thing. Get involved with this now. No, it's just these little things that are like, well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. I mean, Hallmark movies, that's not a big deal. It's okay. But then after you've watched 27 Hallmark movies and you're angry with your husband, like, oh, no, that's maybe not okay anymore. And, and it's different for different people, right? You have to know, like, there's been seasons where, like, I could not handle anything like that, right? I would just be angry with my husband. And then there's other seasons where I'm like, okay. I'm okay now, you know, we're at a good place. Like, you know, I, there's some, there's some ability for me to process that. But then as soon as I notice like, uh, nope, nope. It's taking me to a bad place again. Then it's like, okay, no, this is no longer helpful. This is a worthless thing and I don't need to be consuming it. Mm, So good. Well, we always love to ask our guests what their silver lining is. So it's just something Mm -hmm. good that came from something bad or challenging in any time frame. Does anything come to mind? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's several ways I can go with this question, but you know, I I feel like in a way I kind of already, already mentioned it at the beginning, like this, you know, I really believed you guys that I was always going to struggle with my body and with my, just wanting my size to be different and all of those things. Like, I really believe that was a lifelong struggle because I was female and and when God allowed me the opportunity to share that struggle, like that has just changed my life in terms of, I, I think when you help other people with the thing you're working on, this is when I coach women, I'm always like, okay, you're not done yet because now you need to help someone who's struggling here. Because when you help women who are struggling in a way that you have struggled, it is crazy how it helps reinforce your freedom, mm. how it helps you keep going. And really like, that's kind of, it's discipleship in a, in a different sort of way. Right. But I think God calls us to disciple other Christians so that we can keep growing, right? It's not enough to just become a Christian. You have to disciple and be discipling others. And that, so my silver lining is just that, yeah, I really thought I was going to be chasing this cruddy body mentioning my entire life. And praise God, he, he showed me a way out and, and that's led to really a purpose and ministry that I never expected <laughs> I'd be doing. So that's awesome. Wow. That's really good. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Can yeah, you share with everybody where we can find you and listen to your podcast and all the things? 
Yeah, I'm compared to who and all the things. And if you're a grammar Nazi, I'm sorry. I know it should be compared to whom. I am not <laughs> illiterate, but that sounded really snobby and pretentious. So it's compared to who. Yeah. Um, it's compared to who.me. Me is my site. Compared to who is my podcast. Compared to who is my first book. The Burden of Better is my book on comparison. And they're both available on Amazon and all places. Books are sold, but you can download uh, two free chapters of each, the first two chapters chapters of each on my website compared to me. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're going to come with me on my walk every day. So I look forward awesome. to walking with you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Take care. You too. Bye. All right, Shakers. Thank you so much for listening. We had so much fun with Heather. So much wisdom. I learned so much from her and just so much truths. And we hope that all of her um, advice and insight can really help you out on your journey. Obviously, we all struggle with comparison so much and it can be such a challenging thing. But I think she gave us some amazing, just helpful tips and tricks to just get through life. And I, like I said at the end of the interview, I've been going on a walk with her and it's seriously such a good start to my day. So if you guys need something, to listen to, which you obviously do, um, you need to head on over to Compared to Who, the podcast. You can just go to the link in the show notes below, but trust me, it's a good kickstart to your day. It just really gets you in the right mindset for what the like real truth is. Um, if you haven't yet, you can follow us at the Salt and Pepper Podcast on Instagram, and you can follow us personally at Olivia Crin and at It's Lisa Brosser, and you can also join our secret Facebook group, the Salt and Pepper Podcast Insiders, um, and we would just love to hang out with you guys. So I think that's it. We'll shake it up with you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Tune in every Tuesday on the saltandpepperpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and please rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page and email us for any questions, comments, or ideas about what you want to hear on the show. We will see you next Tuesday. I'm all shook up.